My name is Mark Vicente. I'm a director, producer, writer, and troublemaker. I'm not totally certain if the trouble finds me or I find it. I'm most known as the director of the film What the Bleep Do We Know, and as one of the Nixium whistleblowers featured in the HBO series The Vow. Let's just say I know a thing or two about cults. I don't consider myself a cult expert, but I'm definitely an expert in being screwed over, waking up, and knowing how to spot them. And let me tell you, they're everywhere. As you'll hear, I have a pretty salty approach to most things, and I'm utterly fascinated by the patterns in human behavior that create the best and the worst in society. I'm part geek, part rebel, and pissed off about a whole bunch of things. Join me as I unpack a whole range of topics to do with psychology, spirituality, consciousness, morality, cults, narcissistic abuse, science, filmmaking, and philosophy. You never quite know what you're going to get, as it really does depend on what the fuck is on my mind. All right. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Welcome to episode two of the What the Fuck is on My Mind podcast. This one is entitled Fuck Adversity. Let me explain. The last few weeks, my wife and I have been getting into the ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, extremely cold around sunset in the you know, evening, afternoon. And for the last few years, we tried to get in, but it was just too fucking cold. And the thought of just freezing our asses off was like, no, we're not doing this. But the last few weeks, we've been getting in. And at first, it was extremely difficult. And I was suffering like a motherfucker about the cold. But eventually, we began getting used to the cold. And that phrase came to mind, pushing against adversity. And it occurred to me that I have a shitty relationship with adversity now. Not that I had a good one before, but in Nixium, now understand, everybody calls it Nixium. We called it ESP or Executive Success Programs, ESP. So sometimes I may confuse the terms. It's the same thing. The credo, so to speak, was overcoming your body. And the term that was used when you didn't overcome your body was satiation. You know, you're satiating and the way it was taught is you know, if you have a, a choice between something that's comfortable and something that's uncomfortable, we were told constantly most human beings will choose the comfortable path. Now, this is the problem with these fucking teachings. A lot of it is true. It's based on, on, on good principles, based on. You know, if you have something difficult to do, and everybody can relate to this, you have something difficult to do, and instead of doing the very, very difficult thing, you go and like go outside and have a smoke, or you go and take a walk, or you look at your phone, or you, you know, watch Netflix or whatever it is. And so the term they used was you're satiating in pleasure to avoid something that's painful. And this became a credo within the organization. And you were constantly criticized for your choices. If you, if you made a choice that didn't go with some higher noble principle, 
you were told you were satiating and you had poor character. And everything was about, you know, you have to have character. And character, strong character, they said, was about being able to overcome the body and overcome the desire or the need to satiate. And that made you a noble person. That made you a person that had strong character. It's a very tricky thing because it was a, it's a very slippery slope when you start teaching people that discomfort is more noble than comfort. Now, to some degree, we can all agree. Anybody who's a, a fitness coach or you know, running the military, that's, that's definitely true. But the issue came when you were asked to do something that didn't feel good, in fact, felt uncomfortable. Let's say it was something that went against your own, your own ethics, your own principles, and you were asked to do something and felt uncomfortable. Then you were told, well, you're just satiating in the need for comfort. What was actually going on was your intuition was probably screaming, saying, I don't want to do this because it doesn't feel right. But you were told, no, it's not about feeling right. You don't know what ethical is because you're so addicted to the need for comfort, to, to give your body what it wants, and you have to rise above that. And I think that's why many, many people... Um, ended up doing things that they were extremely unhappy about and became deeply, deeply traumatized because they were brainwashed into believing this thing they're doing that they do not want to do, that they do not like, that goes against something inside of them is actually weakness. And there was actually a training, a, an intensive, an entire intensive that was dedicated to this idea. It was called human pain. And the idea between human pain is the more pain you could experience, the more pain you could experience, the closer you were to true love, which is super fucked up. Now, to some degree, you could say that's kind of true. Like if you're raising a child, it is more painful to constantly take care of the child than just to ignore the child and just do whatever. So you could argue, well, the love of a parent is so profound that they're willing to sacrifice so many things to take care of the child. And we'd go, yeah, that's true. But where it becomes so problematic is that the ability to withstand pain or deal with pain or take pain on, we were taught, was synonymous with your ability to love, your capacity to love. So the more loving you were, the more pain you would take on. Now, everybody, unless you're a complete psychopath and don't give a shit, everybody wants to be more loving. Everybody wants to think of themselves that way. So you would agree to the idea in principle, okay, so yeah, the more I struggle, the harder things are, the more difficult it is for my body, that means that I am noble, because I am able to overcome my body screaming for comfort. And again, this is where things went really south, because people would go against their instincts to do what they thought was right, and that was, ended up being horrific. And if you went with your instinct, you were called weak. It was really interesting. I was thinking about this obsession in, in ESP slash Nixium about weight, weight control. And it wasn't only amongst the women. It was the men as well. I mean, one of the things I noticed is way back in, I think it was 2009, I began working out like a motherfucker. And I got super skinny and ripped. And I was you know, put up in front of the class saying, you know, look at this guy, look what he's doing. He's working out two hours a day. And I was working out because I was just, I, I felt so 
ugly and you know unattractive and fat and whatever so I just wanted to like look really good and so I got enormous amounts of praise and one of the things I noticed from the moment that I went to Nixium to the moment that I left every example about displaying character and rising above the body was always about food and I remember at some point saying why is it always about food and the example that was always used was you know the choice between having the cake and not having the cake. You know, having the cake feels really good, but then you don't, you know, live up to the ideology of, you know, being healthy and, and being skinny and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Every example was constantly about eating the cake or the dessert or not eating it. And there was this obsession with it. And I realized that I took it on as well because everything for me also became about, you know, calorie counting was somehow synonymous with character, synonymous with... Um, principle and nobility and having an, a, an ideology in my mind that would override my body's desire to eat, you know, to eat whatever. And what was so interesting is that the minute that I left in 2017, I just threw everything away. I noticed that I just would eat anything I wanted, drink anything I wanted. And I was in so much trauma that I kind of needed to just eat whatever and just throw all the rules away. And I began, began getting very, very bloated. And I noticed a lot of people, when they left this particular organization, and maybe some others, the same thing happened. It's like just, your body goes to shit, and you're just like trying to, to feed yourself and survive and you know, do whatever. And I noticed that I became so, so swollen, and I started to put on a lot of weight, and I hated myself for it so much. And, it's, and that's been a struggle for a lot of my life. But I basically gave up challenging adversity because of the way that it had been had poisoned me all those years inside the cult. And my relationship with adversity has been has been kind of shit. And so the idea of going into the cold water at first was just like, I just don't I don't want to do that. I did that. I did that so much. It was standing outside in the snow barefoot. You know, it was going outside when it was like way below zero in, in very light clothing to prove to yourself that you could overcome, you know, the cold. It was like Tahuma constantly. All these things we did inside the cult to push against our body screaming, saying, no, 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 we, we need comfort. I abandoned all of that. And at first, like my body just went to shit. And so the process of getting back that idea of, of challenging adversity, which is a good idea. I mean, if you want anything in your life, yeah, you have to do uncomfortable things. It's a good idea. It just got so abused and so linked up with trauma that, you know, from 2017 onwards, I was just like, fuck it. I'm not going to try to do uncomfortable anything. Now, I was doing uncomfortable things. I mean, fighting against this, this organization, you know, as we were coming out, helping other people, all very uncomfortable. Being on the stand, challenging Ranieri, all very uncomfortable. But it, was, it, it, was, it, it felt to me more mentally, emotionally challenging. I wasn't challenging my body in the same way. So as I say, this, this experience of getting used to pushing my body again has been slow. It's only in the last few months now, you know, of... of, of um, what's this year, 2022, that I'm finally ready to start pushing because I've had to redefine pushing against adversity. I've had to redefine these concepts of love and pain and all these things because of the, the, this 
program that was downloaded in, into me. And what was so interesting as well is coming out of the cult and letting all these things go, the amount of self-hatred I felt towards myself because I was like, oh my God, I'm satiating, I'm just satiating, I'm satiating. The program was so strong until I worked with some incredible people that helped me understand like when you're traumatized, like just put all that shit aside, you are traumatized. And there are certain things you need to do to take care of yourself. You, maybe you need to sleep longer. Maybe you just need to like lie down and check out. Maybe you need to eat whatever you need to eat, whatever it is. So it's been a really interesting and long journey. And I am finally starting to feel good about going into extremely cold water, getting used to it, and embracing the suck, as the Navy SEALs would say. It's been a really beautiful experience. But I think a lot of people that come from these, these rules and regulations that exist in you know, cults, religions, whatever it is, have the same struggle because you are told constantly that the needs of your body, that the desires of your body are a problem. And it's, it's really religious if you think about it. It sort of like borders on this idea, well, maybe we should do mortification or whatever it is. It's very, very unhealthy and you end up hating your body, you end up hating anything that you perceive as weakness. The amount of self-hatred that came up for starting to, like, I was overweight. You know, the last few years I've been overweight, you know. And the amount of hatred that I had for myself. Um, because in that system, you know, you were taught that satiation was the, great, the greatest evil. It was never called evil. And this is the thing. It's, 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 I'm relating it to religion. I'm relating it to certain very fundamental belief systems. But you started to feel like you were a complete piece of shit if you satiated. And that if you, you know, ate just whatever, you were, you know, weak. So the skinnier everybody was, the more everyone deprived themselves, the more noble they felt. And this is the program that was running and eventually showed up, you know, obviously in, 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 in DOS in some terrible ways. And to this day, I mean, I see some people that are still very loyal to Keith Raniere and still very loyal to that whole ideology, and they're still rakes. They're, they don't look healthy to me, you know. Um, and I'm pretty sure that underneath all that control and the fragmentation of their thinking that I believe they're experiencing is a certain amount of self-hatred. And that's the thing, you know, when you finally wake up, all of that self-hatred becomes apparent. You know, it's not apparent when you're living in this coercive environment of such control where you have to stick on that very, very razorous edge of like, I have to have principle, I have to have, you know, character. And that's the thing that's so interesting. It taints those things too. It begins to taint the idea of nobility, which is beautiful. The idea of having strong character, which is amazing. It taints all of that. And that process takes a long time to undo. So, that has been a huge uh, shift that I've had to undergo is, is breaking out of that programming. And I, and I say this and I wanted to talk about these things because I think a lot of people might still be stuck in this place or are coming out of this place. When you come out of a relationship or a religion or a cult or whatever it is where there's been so much control and you've been led to believe that normal things you do are somehow really bad and really weak. You have to learn to challenge those things. And the more you can get educated about these, how these patterns of abuse work, the better. So I'm happy to say that 
I'm enjoying the cold water immensely. I will continue getting in the water probably November, December. We'll see about January and February. I'm not going to do this, you know, Navy SEAL bullshit of like no matter what because that's what we did inside the cult. Um, but it's getting better. I am finally redefining my um, experience of adversity. So some advice I have for anybody who's in a situation where somebody's telling you that you have to overcome your body to be worthy, to be loved, to be noble, to have character, whatever it is, I think it's really good to question their motives. I do understand it in the realm of like, you know, sports or entrepreneurship or any of these things where, yes, you need to push against a certain inertia. But it's always good to figure out, like, the person that's telling you to do this or asking you to do this, where are they coming from? Because in the case of a cult leader, they're not really trying to help you. They're using this framework of, you know, satiation versus character to basically break you down. Because nothing's ever enough. Nothing is ever enough for these kinds of leaders. So look very carefully at who's telling you to push against adversity. That's my ramble for today. Thank you for listening, and we will talk very soon. Bye.